Hey everybody, welcome to the Rock Pile Talk Pile. This is our second ever podcast, uh, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit, also known as the Rock Pile. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Zach, also known as username Zach17. Today we've got John. That's me, Jay Foster15. And Jason. That's me, I'm Jason, JSA17. And we got Jack joining us today. Underbubble. No, you're underbubble. <coughs> like slash you slash underbubble, correct? Yeah, yeah. You're not just calling me underbubble right now, right? Yeah. Okay. I was under that impression. And you were under that bubble. This isn't going anywhere, obviously. Um no. so John, what do you call chili in Nebraska? I'm telling you, it's just chili. I don't know what Jason's talking about. It must be a middle of Nebraska where twelve people live. Ask your carny friends. They call it chili soup. I'm telling you. They Do all call it chili Does every Nebraskan have carny friends? What's up? Does every Nebraskan have carny friends? Well, I mean, that's the third biggest university in the state, so oh, it's definitely possible. You're talking about a city. I thought yeah, you were talking about... City. You know, like carnies? It's a farming town with a college in the middle of it. Which has <laughs> carnivals. I think it's like... The, you know, like carnies who like have those rides that they assemble and stuff like that. Oh, That's yeah. what... No, this is K. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys want any other Nebraska geography, just ask me or Jason, because yeah. Jason's been there like twice, and I've lived here for a decade now. I'm Maybe. actually unfortunate. Well, I shouldn't say unfortunately. My girlfriend gave me. You should say unfortunately. Unfortunately, <laughs> like every two months now. <laughs> Even though I don't want that. No, no, no. Hi, girls. Hey, what's uh, what's flatter than Nebraska? My chest. Yes, I'm really glad that's where we went with that. <laughs> I didn't really know where else we we're gonna go. Um, so you guys want to talk about baseball or just like about John's awesome chest, how flat it is? We, we let's do both. Okay, I mean yeah, Jason doesn't have a flat chest because he's been working those those guns with that punching bag in the back. Back there. That is. Not a punching bag. What is it, kick kickboxing bag? <laughs> oh, that is. It is. Okay. That you don't know what carnies are. You don't know what a punching bag is. What do you know in Nebraska? Nothing. <laughs> I, know, I know about Todd Frazier. Transition. Nailed it. Oh, that was pretty good. I was just going to call you Jon Snow for a sec but instead, but apparently you know about Todd Frazier. So that's uh, what we're starting with. If anybody remembers last time, we were talking about the benefits of Ryan McMahon versus Logan Morrison versus Lucas Duda, and most of us agreed that uh, Logan Morrison was probably a good deal, but I was talking with Jack earlier this week, and he mentioned Todd Frazier. So why Todd Frazier? Um. First of all, I think he'll be cheap. When you look at like the primary third base market, like there's the only teams that are really in on third baseman right now would be Cardinals. He's, I don't think, position to spend. So, I, I, I think the Cardinals are still going after Donaldson. So I think he'll be a bargain. But not only that, I think he's a good profile for Coors Field. Like if you look at his fly ball percentage. Mm-hmm. 47.5%. That's higher than Nolan's, and we know how his batted ball profile plays out. Smacks a lot of home runs. 
good walk rate, which I think would be great to teach uh, death. Mm -hmm. And th that leadership, I think, is another thing I like. So I, I like I like him. Todd Frazier has leadership. I have heard that he is a good clubhouse guy. I don't know if there's truth to that. I um, did see someone on the subreddit tell me that that's a farce. Well, he did call so himself the Todd Father. I don't know what kind of person yeah, would call themselves the Todd Father. He's not the Todd Father. Yeah, he's not the Todd we'll Father. That's not good. That's not okay. <laughs> okay. So Jack's pro argument is his fly ball and his cheapness. Yeah, I'd also add, I was looking at his soft contact, medium contact, hard contact. He's just about the same as Nolan as far as medium and hard contact. Um, just about the same as Logan Morrison. Um, I'm not sure how cheap he'd be, though. That's the one thing I disagree he with. He came from the I, Yankees, man. I remember when uh, the Yankees traded Headley, the thought was is clearing that $13 million for Todd Frazier. So if he's not taking, you know, thirteen million a year, and maybe that's a rumor that was incorrect. I don't know, but you know that was the initial rumor was they're clearing that money to re-sign Todd. Mm -hmm. My a couple different things. Um, I know they also want to go after a fifth starting pitcher, like they're in on Darvish if they can move uh, Ellsbury's contract. Not taking. Uh, yes, yeah, we are I not think taking Ellsbury. They'd probably rather go after a starter. Because they've got uh, Miguel Anduyar. I don't know how to say his last name, but Andujlar. Yeah, yeah. He's close to MLB ready, and he uh, tore up the minors. So I think they might trust him, starting pitcher or something. Um, if they don't get Frazier back, because I don't think they want him for more than like a year. How much are you willing to spend? And I don't think Frazier is gonna. Jack, how much are you willing to spend? Oh, if I'm the Rockies, yeah. I don't actually know how much we have to spend. But we'll I would throw a number think, out there. Like, does anyone know what we have left? Ten, twelve million. Sounds about right. Yeah, I, we were thinking, I thought. Yeah, we were thinking somebody like Wilmo, you would pay anywhere between what ten and twelve for. So, mm -hmm. would you give the same contract? Is Todd Frazier going to take it? Uh, would Todd Frazier take that? Yeah, that's a good point. Would Todd Frazier take that contract? Yeah, I think Todd Frazier is probably going to be a little bit more expensive, but you're paying for a track record. Like, Lomo's had one, like, literally one good year, mm -hmm. as opposed to Todd Frazier's. Okay. Uh, kind of better track record of hitting. Right. And far. Todd Frazier also had a good year when he was 29, and then has had worse years ever since. At least ISO-wise, his... Uh, his BABIP was fallen from 2014, where he was 309, down to 271, down to 236, down to 226, and his average is only at 213 now. Is that going to come back, you think? I mean, I, we're, we're not paying for average, but at a certain point, what average is too low for Coors Field? And, that's, and then where do, you put, I mean, where do you put him in the lineup? If you got him hitting, what are you, what are you hitting, two, two low twos last year? Mm -hmm. What did he hit? He hit 213 last year. 15 last year. Oh, on the so. Yankees, he hit like seven. Yeah. But the other point is that if you look at his on-base percentage, it's huge. He's a 344 on-base percentage to a 213 average. The, like a 15% walk rate. Yeah, and we I don't think he makes have, up. We don't have guys who walk a lot. I mean, his skill set is not something that we have on our team as far as you know, high fly ball rate, uh, you know, low batting average, but high on base percentage. There's like yeah, some study 
they said that like a walk at Coors Field is just a lot more uh, potent. You know, the the power of a walk at Coors is a lot more, which is why you don't want to give them up. Tyler Matzik. Oh God. Pictures <laughs> in general. Poor Tyler. Um, so, kind of in the end about Todd Frazier is um, when I look at like Logan Morrison and Lucas Duda and their comparisons um, with like with like slugging, um, we're still like. Let's see. Also, let's talk about Todd Frazier's age for a second. Both Lucas Duda and Todd Frazier are like other side of 30. Lomo's the right side of 30 at least and just has had a spike ever since 26. The, the thought on the age comes back to talking about the leadership qualities of it. I mean, if you do lose Reynolds, supposedly Reynolds was a leader in that locker room. So if you lose Reynolds, maybe you replace him with somebody that profiles similar as Reynolds to Reynolds in the locker room and maybe that is a, a, a something you want to look at for sure you know hiring a nothing against Nolan or anything like that but you know Nolan is still one of the younger guys can in the just league like hire, can we just hire a coach who's a veteran Jason Giambi let's do it IBL do it <laughs> yeah what else worries me if we if we get rid of Mark and we put Todd Frazier at first I, like do you guys know about his defense uh, I looked yeah. at that earlier. Obviously, small sample size, uh, but he has had it was somewhere in the seven hundreds. Let me pull it up. Real quick. Well, um, like of air percentage, seven hundred and forty innings at first base, total of minus seven defensive runs saved. That's um, UZR per one fifty at minus twelve point one. That's really bad. It's first base, though. That's uh, yeah. Sure. Sure, but again, how are the Karakis competitive? We're, we're competitive because of our defense a lot of times, and a lot of that is being able to handle Nato and story throws. Well, I would add that Mark Reynolds didn't grade favorably defensive metrics-wise last year either. That's good to know. If I remember right, he was like minus three defensive run save, which is basically just slightly below league average. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I remember right, his UZR wasn't, that, it wasn't in the positives either. And, you know, that's kind of the Eric Hosmer thing is, you know, he picks a lot. How does that get graded? And how much is that really worth? Um, I listened to an Effectively Wild podcast a little, little bit ago mm. where they said, you know, it picking doesn't really make a big difference in the grand scheme of things. They said it might save, you know, two runs in a given year. So, But it looks nice. It does. It does look nice. Um. And Mark can do the splits. I'm not sure if Todd can. That's a big factor. It's true. So how many how many innings did you say that Frazier had? About 740. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Mark Reynolds has played 5,500 innings at first base and has a negative 11 DRS. So Frazier certainly is a downgrade if you're looking at DRS and EZR. Mm-hmm. And kind of significantly so, actually. I mean, it's not like that's not the reason. I mean, our other option right now is going to be like Ryan McMahon. Who? Well, the the score the new scoreboard photo show McMahon playing first base, so right. I think that just means that's the case. That scoreboard photo also showed Ian Desmond hitting three hundred four. So I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> the Rockies hitting at the bottom of the field, they were leading. Yeah. Uh, purple Purple Row had uh, all their tweets about find as many errors as you can, and it was there were three, a lot. Four. 
Well, Ryan McMahon's got a really, really good numbers. Um, he played a whole of 32 innings at first base and has got a oozer of like 23.1, man. Can't argue with those numbers. Definitely, you're talking about? definitely not a small sample size. <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we look yeah, at Ryan so McMahon? Do they even keep defensive stats for minors? I mean, if they do, I don't know where they would keep it at. There's got to be like some dude out there we should be paying for that. So I don't know if you guys have read uh, the only rule is it has to work, hmm. but part of what they delve into in that is basically the team paid out of their pocket to have any sort of advanced stats whatsoever, and they paid out of the pocket to have the equipment, and then they had to get volunteers that would log that stuff. And really, what they had was batted ball numbers and nothing else, because none. I mean, obviously that's independent ball, so it's way down there, but none of those lower leagues look at it as a it's become such a uh, a fan thing and everything like that and certainly the the uh the gms and whatnot mm-hmm. look at it but when they wanted to go after it they kind of just got a bunch of quizzical looks of like why do you even need this nobody needs this so it changes in those lower leagues but it certainly hasn't so far so that kind of brings us into how much do you trust the uh the uh projections so I'm looking at the projections of Todd Frazier versus Ryan McMahon right now, and while Todd Frazier's wins runs created is just 101, and uh, so average. yeah, Ryan McMahon's 91, but actually he's, he's projected to get a slugging percentage that's higher than Todd Frazier at 453. I don't exactly know if I agree with that, but if you're if you're yeah, paying for Todd Frazier's league average. You know, Mark Reynolds is projected at ninety-two for the year. The thing that would be the big you know, difference between um, McMahon and Frazier, I would think, is he's projected to get a seven. Like McMahon's projected to have a seven and a half walk rate, and Frazier's double that. And Frazier's ISO is about eighty points higher than McMahon's projection. Well, you know, these projection systems probably. You know, it's probably difficult to weight what he did in AAA last year. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at some of his numbers in AAA, they're pretty gaudy. Right. But it is Albuquerque, um, and I don't, I don't know if I can see it on here, but I remember reading somewhere that his BABIP was pretty high. I think maybe Zach, you pointed that out, mm-hmm. that his BABIP was pretty high in 2016. 2017, uh, 416 yeah, BABIP. 416. 416. Year, exactly. Yeah, that's what I meant, 2017. So... You know, it's it's probably hard to um, really look at minor stats and extrapolate that, and you know, weight it. However, he, he hasn't even it. done the the Coors to not Coors um, switch. You know, um, the hangover. Well, Albuquerque's pretty. I think Albuquerque's like similar. I think Albuquerque's a little bit. Al- Albuquerque's higher up. Field is oh, it's higher. I. If, if, oh, you know what I'm thinking about Colorado Springs was higher Albuquerque is lower but it's not significantly lower right so he has done the hangover stuff yeah and wasn't he on that Hartford team that had to travel all year long because they didn't have a home field true he's already put his like his uh, grit in the will to win the will to win so he did really struggle in 2016 According to Wikipedia, which take that as you will, it's about the the playing field is roughly the same elevation as Coors Field is. 
So Coors Field, the playing field is about 5,150 feet above sea level. Obviously, you have 5280 in the purple rope, but um, it says Ice Dopes Park is above 5,100 feet for the playing field. So there, it's six for those two. Okay, well, let's let's start getting to, um, it is what, February 3rd? Yep. February 4th. February 4th. February 4th. Happy birthday, Mom. Happy birthday, Mom. Happy birthday, Ryan El Tapia. <laughs> oh, it's Ryan El Tapia. To the fish. Um, it's JSA's mom's birthday, too, so that's the important one. But is she like JSA 1 6? 1 7. No, but you're 1 7, so does that make her? Oh, she's 1 6. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, so the point is, is February 4th, we have not signed any first baseman. Um, McMahon's already done all this other stuff, but not major leagues. Um, how comfortable are you with us not signing somebody? Nobody's signing anybody. But so we're we... certainly not the outlier. Kind of are with the bullpen spending, but yeah, with the, yeah, yeah. I guess you are. We're the outlier that we are signing some people because nobody's signing anybody. I could see, I could see British waiting like through like the end of February. You know, all these. Veteran bats, what what do they need spring training for? I mean, if you get if you get into camp and you we talked about Valleca last week. If you if you get into camp and you got McMahon and Valleca and maybe you see what they do and then you take a flyer on somebody and it sounds like there's so many teams that are trending towards care. that. I think we just just we could just wait and see who's cheapest at this point. It'll be Mark Reynolds or. I mean that—that's the cheapest option, I think. Is I want right. something. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't be totally upset if they just resigned Mark Reynolds. I wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't be my favorite move, but I wouldn't be like, damn it, Mark Reynolds is back. How's he? He's a decent pinch hitter too, right? Uh, I don't know how many times he pinch hit last year, but I, I mean, I guess that's a, that's something the Rockies just need to address in general. Is their their bench hitting is atrocious. That's what I, the other thing I would like. I know we're not going to do it, but like getting like a veteran bench bat. Or just cloning the like Lake. Kendrick signing. Who? Like get that kind of bench bed on. Oh, Howie would have been nice. Uh, Reynolds last year as a pinch hitter batted 125. Nope. Hit a negative 59 WCR. Nope. Nice. Just clone the Lake. Yeah. So, um, I would say Reynolds is not a good, a good pinch hitter. Yeah. The, um, so so final words on first base again. Um, does the idea of Frazier make you want to spend more than you would on Lomo or Duda? Personally, I, I still would. would Lomo. John, you uh, would? If, we, if it was, you know, let's say Lomo wanted $12 million a year and what? Frazier wanted 15 a year, yeah, I'd be fine with Lomo saving that $3 million for Lomo. But if they wanted, you know, Lomo wanted 12 and Frazier wanted 13 and a half. I, I I take Frazier. And you think it's going to be twelve Frazier. too? Do you think it'll be twelve? I'm just throwing out a thought, you know. I think you might be right. Um, but didn't Loa make like what, like one or less last year or something or two? It was like right around three, I thought maybe yeah. two point eight. Yeah. So him getting ten million bump for one good year is that as likely as Duda getting a five million bump for more better years. Or better. I don't expect Duda to sign a big contract. I mean, I really don't. I he kind of got. I you, my big thing with Duda was is he was the best career hitter left on the market as far as first baseman were concerned. You know, career one twenty one, rate of runs created plus. 
but in 2016 he was a 91 rated ones created plus in 2017 he was a 113 mm-hmm. so he's kind of gone up and down recently and out of all of them out of all of them lomo's got the get the higher babbit yeah and it and i just don't expect duda i don't expect duda to get much more than a mark reynolds would right Mark, Mark Reynolds made, made 1.5 last year. It looks like Morriston made 2.5 last year, and then he had a $250,000 incentive that he hit. And so, Duda's not even league average on base percentage, you know. If we're going to get... Back. Yeah. If we're going to do something, I mean, both Todd Frazier and Lomo are better league average and on base percentage than Duda even is. And if we're talking about if it's like such a fine line, I want somebody on base at least a little bit more. I know we talk about that nobody's doing anything, but I more and more and more I'm getting to the point that I wonder if the Rockies just aren't going to do anything. If we're beating our heads against the wall over something that they have no desire to do because they might have who they can play at first. I mean, that might be where they're at right now. How many how many weeks of McMahon do you need to see in spring training before you sign whoever's on the market? Um, and that's, and that's a good question. I, I think... Uh, if McMahon, if McMahon is decent in spring training, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go with with him. I know he was he had a rough go of it in the majors last year, but I mean, how many at bats did he? Twenty two. Twenty two at bats. So, I, I, sometimes you gotta. Sometimes a guy like that, you throw him into the fire and let him figure it out. And uh, it wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't shock me to just see them do that. I don't. I wouldn't be shocked if they stand pat and don't sign a first baseman. All Obviously, right. we want them to, but. So yeah, well, so I, mean, I had this thought process that they, you know, they did that last year with those young pitchers, and you know, most of them had pretty good years for their track record, especially, you know, since Tell and Marquez, I thought exceeded expectations pretty vastly. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know our front office looked at it and thought, well, we got these pitchers ready to go. They say, or they swam last year, so let's do it the same with our hitters. Just throw yep. them out there and hope McMahon keeps up or Tapia or Dahl, uh, Talkman, whoever, McMurphy, you know. McMurphy. You, and I wonder, too, if uh, with the lack of signing right now, if, uh, you know, come end of April, if your first base position is just hot garbage. Yeah, just take somebody. Be guys sitting out there just waiting on a contract. I mean, it's not, it's not one guy. We're pretty much debating there are, like, three basic guys who four technically if we're talking Mark Reynolds I mean Mark Reynolds production might not be the same but still there's four first basemen that we'd all be like whatever sure if, right and if one of them is still sitting out there on the market and you just have to make that signing then you you might still be able to make it at the end of April yeah it might be for less money too you save yourself a month it might be yeah alright um, so what about um, our rotation I'd like to hear what you guys think are going to be the five that break camp. Because I've been thinking about this for a long time. Don't you – are you going to just say Sensatello because you're in love with him? I don't think Sensatello will be in the no. starting rotation. I think Hoffman and Senza will sit in AAA. Yep. Or bullpen. Yeah, I yeah I could see Sensei in the bullpen. I don't see him going to, or staying in AAA. I mean, Gray and Freeland at this point, you assume are in it, right? Well, Gray obviously. Well, Gray is number one. I who's number two? Is it Marquez or is it Freeland or is it Bettis or Anderson. is it Anderson? Anderson did have a pretty 
decent season last year. Well, as long as we can actually like let him like not re-injure something like we always do. And Bettis is working on getting his fastball velocity back, it sounds like. So you could probably pencil in Bettis. You got Gray, Freeland, Anderson, Bettis, and then, I mean, Marquez. That's five right there that you wouldn't be comfortable with. You know, and also, what if you if, – if Bettis is still working in his fastball back or something, you could, like, shuffle him. Well, like, how many options does he have left? Because I know, like, yeah. both – Hoff and uh, Sensei, we can shuffle like a million more times if we needed to. That is, I would guess, has options. Mm-hmm. He hasn't gone back and forth when he's been up, but he is. I mean, he is twenty-eight years old, so maybe he's getting close to. Do you remember last year in April, where we we don't have that many games in April because there was like um, rained out, right? We did have a lot of rainouts in April, and then we had those rainouts and kind of terrible weather at the beginning of may when we got that hailstorm that murdered everybody's house right and so what i'm saying is if we're talking about a five person thing is it possible we try to do what we did last year and give everybody more time with other rockies like a classic don't make a decision till we have to team i don't see black being that no. way. black likes to break camp with what he has he wants to he wants to know Here's what I'm going to say about Jeff Hoffman. I think Jack's right. He's going to start the year in AAA. Mm-hmm. But I've got a feeling Jeff's going to get up here around mm-hmm. late April, early May, and he's going to stay the rest of the year. April's all full. You know, April's full, unlike last time. So we And I would say Sensatella should be the right-handed version of Chris Rustin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially until he finds that third pitch. I think that's where you keep him as... Uh, like fifth, sixth inning guys in case any of our guys implode or, you know, that, that jackknife. He had a 3.0-something ERA last year coming out of the bullpen. Was, I, I was impressed. I think until he's kind of solidified himself as a competitor um, for the starting position, I think he'll be a great bullpen addition, especially since his ERA as a starter last year was like five. I think if you throw – he's a fastball. What's his off-speed pitch? Is it a slider? Slider. Slider, yeah. Until he's got that third, that's I think that's the spot for him. And Jeff Hoffman, as soon as he figures out how to, because the curveball, like I I read this that he said this, he's like the curveball's always there, and he's right. Jeff curveball always looks awesome, but like his fastball sometimes it's like he literally cannot hit the strike zone. And I think once I think giving him playing time in AAA instead of trying him out in a bullpen role, I think giving him that time to develop that, um, maybe he. Kills it in AAA, comes in here and steals a rotation spot. I'm okay with it because he's got so much potential. He's got the third starter at least. How much faith? So you still have faith in Jeff Hoffman? I do. I, I do. He'd be a nice trade piece if he can figure it out because we do have a lot of starters, but you can also never have too much starter depth. We'll, we'll have like four injuries to our starters. I don't want to trade any of our starters right now, personally. That's fair. Well, I mean, we've got – I expect Castellani and Almonte to make their debuts this year. Almonte's got some good numbers. Yeah, and I was listening to a Baseball America podcast about the Rockies' uh, prospects where one of the guys said um, a lot of scouts think Yancey's going to profile as an elite reliever rather than a starter. Hmm. Um, but that's probably what he'll – when he makes his debut, whether it's this year or next, it'll be out of the bullpen probably. 
Okay, so we've got depth. Hmm. What, what, what concerns me, um, I am so happy with what Kyle Freeland did almost all of last year. But then he couldn't be a starter at the end of the year. You know, was that just fatigue? I would guess in his second year that his uh, his innings limit is going to be a lot looser than it was this year. So I he mean, did. I could see, I could see, I could see Black running him out. Twenty sixteen, he pitched. Uh, he pitched about one hundred fifty innings um, between we Double A and Triple A. Twenty seventeen qualified for the ERA title, and that was Marquez. That was the only one. So you got to think that this year the innings limits are going to be a little less strict than they were last year. Right. And, and somehow we still were... So many guys. We, we had eight guys that could go out and start a game, and that certainly played into it. But looking at Freeland, like you were saying, he certainly got shut down at the end of the year, not because he needed to be, just because that's where they were. You know what else really makes me feel good about this year is the Rockies um, were the eighth-best pitching team, according to, like at least war for fan graphs. And we had Jordan Lyles. <laughs> I mean, addition by subtraction is the name of 2017's offseason. I still can't believe that guy signed a major league contract. Who would offer Jordan Lyles a major league contract? I don't know. Brock Osweiler got a lot of money. Hey, <laughs> Brock awesome though. <coughs> I mean, that's, you can't you can't compare the Broncos QB signings to what like actual functioning organizations. No, are. no, I'm just saying everybody makes dumb decisions. <laughs> I mean, look at never mind. We're not talking about politics. Um, no. So, so the other thing is, who? What order are we doing? Is it Gray and then? All right. Here's Marquez? what I would do. Gray starts opening day, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think Marquez last year earned that number two spot. Yeah, I would go Marquez two, Anderson three, Bettis four, and Freeland five. Freeland five. Okay. And then if Hoffman wants to steal it, he can. I think Hoffman's going to steal it, but mm-hmm. not initially. Hasn't like he done that a lot? Hasn't he like just teased us with great like numbers and the minors? Over and over and over again. Beginning of last year, it was amazing. Yep, I think it fell apart in like June or something. I don't remember, but it was it was like a whole different pitcher. Like just like started wearing Jeff Hoffman clothes and just could not hit the strike zone at all. His April and May so nasty. Yeah, he seems to be such a confidence guy. Like not a the dude obviously has the stuff, Mm -hmm. but if if something bad happens to him at any point in the game, it's gonna be gone. The one inning guy. De La Rosa 2.0? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great way to put it. Do we have uh, enough? I also had a nasty curve when it was on. Yeah, that so do you think we have enough so depth? Hoffman, Hoffman won four of his first five, or actually he won his first four starts um, last year. Mm-hmm. And he allowed six runs in those first four starts. Well, wow. well, pitching twenty five point one innings. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And then you know he lost. He lost the game. He had a couple of rough. He had a couple of rough outings. But after July twenty first is when the it hit the skids and his ERA ballooned. Uh, so after, yeah, I mean he made it till the middle of the season and then just completely fell apart because he he had a two point two ERA through the middle of June. And he finished the season with a 5.9 ERA. Just that fastball command. 
Mm-hmm. So well, the other thing that worries about Jeff Hoffman is his uh, his home run per fly ball rate. And he's at Coors Field, and when he's in the minors, it's zero point five four. He comes up to the majors, it's one point three six, and in two thousand sixteen, it was two, a two mm-hmm. home runs per nine innings. That's and not ideal. I'm not ideal. An I'm, excellent, an excellent home run for five balls, five great seven above average at eight and a half, and he's at poor to awful. I'd be really curious to see how many of those home runs came after like a double or, um, you know, just like a, a bad walk, a walk that he thought he got the pitch on or mm-hmm. something like that. You know, how many of those home runs came after something went against him? Because again, he was such a he's such a confidence guy, and as soon as that confidence is gone, he throws you a meatball that gets hit. Yeah. His projections are not good. Both his ERA and his FIP are over five. But then again, like Tyler well, Anderson's like at four point four four. You know, we're never going to get. Tyler Anderson's not supposed to be good. If you look at his stuff, his stuff out of our, out of all seven guys who could start next year, Anderson has the worst stuff. It's just he has that funky leg kick, changes his arm slot, and he changes speeds a lot. Right. It's a soft contact wizard, too. Exactly. And it's all because of that funky delivery and his, his arm slot changes a lot. It's it's amazing to me how many announcers see Anderson pitch and they cannot stop focusing on his leg kick. Because if you watch Kershaw pitch, he, he doesn't mm-hmm. – I mean, it's certainly not as extreme. Well, that's what they were talking about with Freeland, though. He does the same thing. Freeland was a Kershaw wannabe. Oh, man, if Freeland turns into Kershaw? Well, I mean, we're not, we're not asking for that, but <laughs> – I would forgive Dan O'Dowd for everything. Oh, my goodness. So what about, like, swinging sw- strike percentages? Like, Anderson's swinging strike percentage is, like, 12%. And see if we can get people... I don't know if that's good numbers or not, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm Freeland's only got uh, a 7.5. And, and Marquez has got 9. So, I mean, even though you said soft contact, uh, he's actually... One of the higher guys in the team with a swing and strike percentage. It's that leg kick. It throws off guys. If you're a cargo or something like that, that is is timing your your swings through leg movement. That toe tap's gonna or that leg kick's gonna throw you off. Every What's more time. important to you, soft contact or strikeouts? At cores, probably strikeouts. Probably strikeouts. But with the defense we have, you take them both for sure. Yeah. No. John Gray's swing and strike percentage was eight point eight percent. And what'd you say, uh, Tyler Anderson? Tyler Anderson actually has a 12% last year when wow. he was only there for a couple of times. I thought Anderson was very, I mean, I, he certainly was, people had, he had fans, but I thought he was pretty underrated last year. And I don't have the numbers in front of me to back that up, but I always enjoyed it. When he what, are there underrated numbers of like people who think that he's not a big deal? Like NBD percentage? I talked about watching the sub, you'd have so many like pregame stuff of people like, oh no, Anderson's pitching. And I kind of always thought to myself, all right, Anderson's pitching. Anderson's like, fine. I always thought he could go out and get it done. I, I don't remember I don't Anderson know. blowing up that much. So that has something to do with it. Like I'm looking at his April uh, splits right now, 7.71 ERA. And I know that's Oof. not the best way to look at that. But like when you looked at it towards the end of the year, like when he came back from his injury, like I'm not even joking, 1.19 ERA in September across 22.2 innings. Like he figured it out at some point, and I think that definitely earns him like at least the three spot, if not the two spot, in the rotation. Um, just because he had been so good last year too. We need a lefty. It seemed, yeah. He's our third. Exactly. He's our lefty. 
for now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, just one quick thing about Kyle Freeland. Like, I know that he did pitch to contact a lot, um, and that was kind of a problem with, um, or that that looked like it was going to be a problem, but it looks like his strikeout nine numbers came up quite a bit from the first half to the second half. The first half it was 5.5, which is atrocious for in terms of someone you'd want to be pitching at Coors, but he brought it up to 7.8. So even though his ERA went up, I think you're starting to see, like, yeah, less walks in the second half as well, less walks at least for inning pitch. I think he's trending in the right direction even if his or even if his ERA doesn't tell you that. Yeah. So well, Anderson I, trended I do well. have a lot of faith in those guys. Sorry? Anderson trended well. Uh, Freeland didn't, yeah. and then I wanted us all to just get a little bit of excitement about um, John Gray because oh, we haven't even talked about him, and so his July. They know he's our guy, right? But I like mean, we can at least say something about how this makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves, even though he like bombed the playoffs. I'm not worried yeah, about the playoffs, right? I, I think Gray will take a big step forward this year. I, I think both Gray and Hoffman will both take a step forward here, specifically for Gray. Um, I bet I'm feeling a he's got a good feel for that curveball now, and I think mm. if him and Jeff and Bud Black can all three get together and work on when to deploy that curveball, mm. that'll be better. Okay, it's not. I mean, it's not a tremendous curveball. It's it's enough above average. But if he throws it in the right count at the right time. He can really mess somebody up with that curveball. When's your prediction for Hoffman breaking with the team? My birthday, May 14th. May 14th, says John. Other predictions? I would wait until... I mean, mid, yeah, mid-May is a solid guess. I don't think I would disagree with mid-May. I'm worried. Yeah, May... I think, I think we're going to be solid. He's not going to make it till June. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Give him all the time until somebody gets... Until somebody needs a break, you know. I, well, I, I mean, injuries could change that, obviously. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the Rockies are actually probably going to be pretty smart. and well, Not smart, but we've got, like, the DL system. And if somebody has some tweak, just move them down for a second. We've got such young guys with so many options. Let's see if we can extend their innings. Mm. We just need to learn to exploit it the way the uh, Dodgers do. Dodgers. No, not exploiting. <laughs> I mean, okay, exploiting, but still. Hey, so in if, the, if, if you can do it, do it. Yeah, take advantage of it. In the in the toast to the Rockies that was posted on our baseball on Wednesday, um, Hugo Hackenbush especially was Hugo. Really out there talking up Gray. It was like a hundred. Came up was that his ERA plus last plus. year was better than all but one season that Madison Bumgarner's ever had, and certainly that. Uh, should be taken with a grain of salt because it was, you know, you only pitched 110 innings last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you had a couple of people out there, including a guy called the Nats of Us, who I'm sure you guys have experience with because he is hate. He just hates Arenado. Anybody says Arenado's name, and he will write a terrible. Hey, terrible Arenado is. But he was out there heavily defending uh, John Gray as well and saying that he would take Kershaw, Scherzer, Strasburg, and then John Gray. That would be his order. Nice. So. Wow, you got kids out there that are not rocking. They're looking at great. Like, well, we got like also Mafuga Jones wants to. He always will say that Brian is a better third baseman than Arenado, at least numbers wise. It's fine, I mean, he's but a Cubs fan. he's a Cubs Whatever. fan. Everybody's got their flaws, but 
But, I mean, it's not like he doesn't have a point. I don't think it's really worth us worrying about how good his numbers are versus others. Nato's clutch as hell, and will always he'll be there. But we need to figure out how to how to how to compete this year because if we don't make the playoffs this year, Nato walks. The the clutch one is always my favorite. That la- I mean, last year, according to Fangraphs, in in high leverage situations, or excuse me, not last year over their career in high leverage situations, Nolan has a one sixty seven WRC plus. Bryant has a fifty WRC plus. So. All right, I'm, gonna get us, I'm gonna get us back on track here with John Gray. Okay, thank you. Let <laughs> me real yell back in here. John Gray last year had a 73 ERA minus, which I prefer over ERA plus, just because it's a little bit easier to understand. Well, there's only two digits instead of three. So he was 27 percent better than league average by ERA minus last year. And so if you look at that, we only had McGee was 72, Holland was 72, Chris Russell was 53, and Nishek in his limited time here was a 49. So, John Gray set our number four starters pretty easily. Right. Do you guys want to so wait? Explain why you like ERA minus more than ERA plus. I like it because it's easier to understand. 100's league average. Anything below 100's better. Anything above 100's worse. ERA plus is much more. 100's not necessarily average. 100's, you know. I'm trying to think of how to explain this. You best. know, it's not, a static, it's not a static number. Yeah, it it moves around a lot. So when you look at 138 ERA plus, he's not 38 percent better than league average. It's it's just red different. Right. And I just prefer the simplicity of ERA minus. It's right. not that ERA plus is worse than ERA minus as far as a stat. It's just easier to understand. Yeah. Um. So what if if we have those five and Sensatel is not there? And we have the super pen, which we're probably going to just wait to talk about next time. Um, what, what is Sensatella? Is Sensatella going to be in the bullpen no matter what? That's, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's the lefty, the lefty Russin. Righty Russin. Or righty Russin. Yeah. That's what I meant. But it's, it's going to be tight um, in that bullpen. And it'll be interesting because Black's got a lot of weapons. But can yeah, I honestly them... wish we would kind of go with a nine-man bullpen when we're at if we have like a you know a seven or ten game uh, homestead, mm-hmm. go with that nine-person bullpen. Yeah, and go with that shorter bench. Well, if we had gotten so if we time. if we got like a catcher first baseman, then we have to carry one last person. If for some reason sign Luke Roy, if you wanted to, and then you get your catcher first baseman, you don't have to carry an extra guy. And then, oh, Chatty was our pinching hitter, right? Can any other other pitchers hit as like hilarious possibilities? Freeland. Freeland. Just give Freeland a lie. Freeland. <laughs> Freeland was a decent hitter last year, wasn't he? I thought so. Didn't does he anybody help remember him at? Does anybody remember him at Thomas Jefferson High? Did he hit there? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Even in his uh, almost no hitter, didn't he have an RBI in that game? I think so. I think he's got a good a couple strokes. Um, I was curious I with that home run. That was pretty awesome last year. True. So really, the and only thing that home run two years ago, and I remember missing it, and being super mad about it. Yeah. How about Gray? Gray's home run last year was longer than any home run he allowed, which is a fun stat. That's awesome. And that's why we're going to win everything. <laughs> 
Any other trade? Ionetta has only played. Uh, I was curious about Ionetta at first base. He's only he's only been at first but five games in his career. So that's he's probably a better defense than Frazier. Yeah, he might be. Might be. <laughs> well, I don't even know if it's so much a problem for a catcher transitioning to first base. I mean, like, not to quote Moneyball, but like first base was the easiest position to play. Unless like, you're Ian Desmond. It, defensively. But it's so, incredibly hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like, if you, I think Todd Frazier, especially already being at a corner infield spot, would probably make the transition better. If you can get him for like $10 million, $12 million over two years, that would be sweet. Depends how much his market tanks. Um, but uh, otherwise, I think that the most ideal thing is to trade for Real Muto if you can swing it or you just sign Luke Roy. I mean, I know that Jeff gave up on Luke Roy because Luke Roy is probably asking for like four years or something. Yeah. We've seen. I mean, we saw what... There Hall was a rumor saying he wasn't coming free back. Of kind of, yeah. Free agents have, I think, have been shooting a little high, um, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of the managers are sitting a little bit far back. So eventually there's going to be, uh, you know, kind of a meeting in the middle, at least I hope. And I think that's where we might be able to get Luke Roy if we haven't burned that bridge. Let's just hope, though. Well, Saunders has tweeted out pretty consistently that he does not expect any facet of it. Oh. He asked him about it. It's down pretty quick. So. Yeah. So, so some final some final thoughts. We, we started about first base, and it seems like I mean, I still would like Lomo because he's probably the cheapest. Because if you go from two million, probably not going to get to twelve for one good year, and he's younger, and he might profile better. Um, but we also said that maybe we do nothing and actually just go with McMahon. Other people's final thoughts on that? McMahon. I think most likely scenario is oh, we do nothing. Oh, oh, John, do you have the Sorry. talking stick? I think the most likely scenario is we do nothing. Um, if it was if Jeff British called me and said, "What do we do, John?" I would say, "Sign Todd Frazier or sign Loma." Jason, I think the most likely is that we do nothing. Um, like we were talking about having the the ability with with how much the free agent market is cratered, there that, that ability to maybe sign somebody at the end of April if you need to, then points more even to us doing nothing. My guess is we do nothing. Jack, same board, same boat. Um, I think we'll probably sign Reynolds. Actually, mm. probably bring him back for like three or four million. Um, I would prefer that we did nothing and gave maybe Valeka some playing time to platoon uh, McMahon. I posted this on the subreddit that McMahon has a six point six thirty three OPS against lefties at Albuquerque, and we already are not great against lefties. So I would prefer if we would sign someone like Frazier, but... I think at the end of the day we'll do nothing. I'm fine with nothing or nothing or Lomo because I think it'll be cheap and it'll be fun. Um, do you have one other thing about the about the starting rotation? Maybe wants to add ERA minus. No, I'm just I'm just staking my claim that Jeff Hoffman's going to get in the rotation in May, and he's going to stick there all year, and he's going to be our third best pitcher for the entire year. Do you think Bettis is going to stay in the rotation? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Freeland's the one that falls out in favor, assuming no injuries. Um, I think Freeland will be the one that falls out in favor of Hoffman. I think that actually might make everything the easiest is who gets injured first. Not wishing it, but let's be real. <laughs> yeah, right. is it, 
I would I would lean towards Anderson on that just because of all his knee problems. Yeah, just take him out as soon as there's a problem. Yeah. All right. Um, so hopefully next week we'll do some uh, some super pen talk. We got we we'd be remiss to not talk about the new scoreboard. What do you guys think of it? It's pretty sick. It. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, it looks great. And I mean, right, real quick, final thing. Zach, who you got in the Super Bowl tonight? The refs by five. <laughs> okay. The, you got Jason. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles just because there's no way I can ever pick the Patriots. <laughs> Jack, what you got? Um, I'm rooting for the Eagles, but Pats are probably going to win. Let's be honest. It's going to be Brady again. Jack and I are the same. Rooting for the Eagles, but Pats are going to win. <laughs> All right. Go everybody besides Pats. Everybody. All right. Signing off from the rock pile. We'll see you all next week. See you next week, guys. Bye.